23 minutes before 11 o'clock, we continue now with our series, CO Conversations. And today we've got Hendrik Dutoy, who is the founder and CEO of South Africa's biggest asset uh, manager, 91. And he joins us now via Zoom. Hendrik, thank you so much for making time for us. Good morning. Good morning, Clement, and good morning, listeners. I always ask uh, all the CEOs I host this first question, the assessment of the country right now. How do you assess where we are as South Africa? Clement, we're at a very pivotal point in our history. And uh, it's if one, if one is an optimist, you could say the opportunity starts now. Uh, if you're a pessimist, you can say we still have some tough times before we turn the corner in this country. I like what you're saying about if you're optimistic, you say opportunities start now because that takes me back to uh, when you founded the company. Was it was it back in 1991? But in the 90s, because at the time, you know, everyone was so depressed about the country you know, everybody was just thinking, what's going to happen now? But that's when 91 was actually built because I would imagine then you were optimistic in the midst of the deep depression, even about the future of the country. What opportunities are you finding now, given the challenges that the country is facing, whether it's the energy crisis, the, the logistics crisis, because ultimately that will make a dent on, on your company. Exactly, Clement. And just to go back to 1991 when we set out, it was a time when everyone was exceptionally nervous about South Africa, when everyone thought the place was going to fall over a cliff and actually uh, a, a, a very successful decade to 15 years followed of creativity, of opening up of new beginnings and, and 91 itself differentiated its, uh, from its competitors by taking uh, an, 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 a, differ- a differentiated view on South Africa and the value that it's created, in particularly in its equity and fixed income markets in that period. Now, mm. let's not be naive about what we face, but in this country, everything government touches is a business opportunity because at the moment they have not been able to deliver and similarly with energy, you know that ordinary South Africans last year, for in the in, in the first half of the year, and I, the number sticks in my head because it's such a big number, invested approximately sixty billion rand in electricity generation. Now, obviously, that's something that goes away from consumption, but it shows how people solve problems. Mm. And I think if we we starting in a phase year where there could be a realization that we are collectively in crisis and that we have to up our game. And once that happens at the margin, lots of change can bring business momentum and other things. So that's the positive take on it. But right now, I think the world is in a difficult place. South Africa is in an even more difficult place and we have to face up to the facts as well. How are you as 91 being affected uh, by these challenges that that you're mentioning? And and what's What's the current investment landscape looking like right now? Uh, because the problem is when you've got the biggest risk to the economy being ESCOM and that's still not resolved, and you've got another biggest uh, risk to the economy being Transnet because the logistics crisis um, and the challenges there continue to deepen, that affects 
job creation that affects wealth and if sa is not producing jobs and is not producing wealth that affects your company because that's an important market for you as as asset managers 100% clement uh, uh this morning i was, I was listening of over the weekend the chief executive of hsbc uh, hong kong shanghai bank which is a very large banking group in the world uh, said the following and uh, noel quinn was a, was a was a very very good friend of mine as well he said um a financial firm could only be as good as its underlying customers or that's a bank an investment management firm is only as good as the investments it is allowed to make and it has access to so in other words if the underlying economy struggles uh we will also have a tough time now in 91's case we are fortunate that we have diversified around the world uh more than two thirds of our business is is outside the african continent but that doesn't make me happy because we want to continue to do well in south africa as well so uh we are in a sense uh a function of the wealth that is being generated or created in an economy and then recycled and invested and we cannot escape that so what do we do about it well we try our best to encourage our portfolio companies to act sensibly we try our best to engage with government and and other role players to make sure this economy works i mean an example of what we've done is our new head office building in Cape Town or our renovated head office building in Cape Town is the first fully green building in Africa because thanks to the brilliant uh, uh behavior of the city of Cape Town we're allowed to purchase green energy from a nearby shopping center owned by our landlord and therefore we could be completely energy independent and green so things like that you just have to do you can't you can't sit back and wait for escom and other people to bring you solutions mm-hmm. what do these challenges mean for for the future of of 91 can you expand under these conditions or is is the option like what you've explored as the company to diversify to other countries i think what last year what what you know in south africa today we already operate uh in a, in a fair, from a capital mar- uh, capital account point of view in a fairly open economy uh so south african savings big part of that is is has actually been allowed by national treasury to go abroad uh, the timing could have been probably better because you should do these things when mm-hmm. when your country does well not when your country is challenged but so we look after international and domestic savings Uh, of South Africans and of course of many other nations because we have operations elsewhere but in a in a challenging world and let me tell you South Africa is not the only place with challenges the UK has massive challenges the the US is looking like an island because it's overstimulated its economy but its debt challenge is also coming we know the well documented issues that China face for example so the world is not simple and in a complicated world our role as investment managers is to find value find safety uh for the capital of our clients and and yes there are always opportunities you've you've just seen the 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 how well you know the US stock market has done lately you've seen uh uh in in a beginning of this year uh or how how of certain of the income markets have done well so our job is to allocate capital and the 
core way in which we allocate capital is towards companies which can navigate these challenges even better than us. Mm. So-called quality companies which, which sustain themselves through tough times. And that's what our job is, to look for those with the, all the tools available, all the computing power, all the brain power we have. And, and, and I think, you know, there are always opportunities. But clearly, we are not living in a world where uh, risks are low and where the tide is rising for everyone. And we just have to cut our cloth accordingly. Mm-hmm. What do you think needs to be done right now by government? What do you think it's going to take to turn things around? I mean, our GDP could grow by 3% or so if it was not for these power and logistics woes, but our growth is projected to average about 1.4% from this year to 2026, which is bleak. It's bleak for business. It's bleak for ordinary South Africans. You can't create jobs at this rate of economic growth. I, I, I agree with you, Clement. I, I, the, the key thing for me is, and this is not a finger-pointing exercise towards government or anyone else, is we have to develop a national vision where we all aspire to a more prosperous society, where we stop pointing fingers. It's 30 years after the transition from uh, a, the apartheid government to an ANC government. It's now time to look ahead and say, what are we going to do to create opportunities for the people of South Africa, and in particular, the poor people. And that means jobs, and that means a growing economy. So it starts off by a national vision. It starts or it goes towards the next step, which is, which is honest government. Get rid of corruption. How long does it take to put people in orange overalls? What more can we do to make sure that the hard line is drawn, even if that means an amnesty, just Let's, let's forget the past. Let's look ahead. Let's, let's change the rules of the game. Let's create safety for our citizens. You know, we live in a country where more people are killed per annum through violence than die in either the Ukraine war or, for that matter, in the Iraq war. You know, that's a shocking statistic. So if we don't have safety, if we can't trust government, uh, if we don't, we have lots of good plans, by the way. I mean, lots of economic plans have been written. That we don't need to write any more plans. We just need to execute and behave properly and be honest and be aligned. And I, th- and I just hope after this election, we don't go into classic coalition government, but we actually go into uh, or, or the president calls a whoever is the president, and I presume it's the current one, starts with a government of national unity that deals with the economic emergency. When, when we had COVID and they declared the state of disaster, I don't know whether you remember, Clement, I went on record and say this is complete nonsense. We should declare a state of economic emergency because that's the real disaster. Yeah. And, of course, that still holds us today. Mm, no, absolutely. I mean, the CEOs I speak to always talk about even some of their African operations that are growing faster than South Africa, which means not because South Africa you know, is not promising, doesn't have potential, but it's because of the pace with which this economy is, is, is growing. I mean, other African countries are hovering in between 3 to 5% of economic yes, growth, yes. Which, is, which, is, which is something um, some, something. Incredible. We're going to take a quick ad break. When we come back, we'll talk about the role of business. I know, Hendrik, 
Um, you are one of the CEOs that have signed the pledge committing to building this country. So what solutions uh, does Hendrik think are available for our challenges? I'll ask him that after the break. It's going up to 10 minutes now before 11 o'clock. You're with Clement Maniatella. 702. Let's walk the talk. Nine minutes before 11 o'clock, we're in conversation with Hendrik Dutoy, who is the founder and CEO of South Africa's biggest asset manager, 91. This is part of our series, CEO Conversations. And Hendrik, what I want us to talk about now is just a collaboration, the importance of collaboration between business and government. You are part of the over. A hundred, if I'm not mistaken, CEOs that have signed the pledge committing to building the country. Um, what does business need to do? Because it also needs to come to the party to help fix what is wrong and not only criticize um, from, from, from the outside. Absolutely, Clement. And uh, by the way, there are now about 100, I think more than 130. It's going towards mm. 150 people who signed the pledge. Um, I just want to bring, uh, you know, my or, or pay respect to the the people who lead this, particularly Adrian Gore, the chair, uh, who have really, in a very difficult time, said, "Let's stop pointing fingers. Let's see what we can do to help." And last week I was at a, and I'm not that actively involved or leading a working group, but last week I was in a, a feedback session where Adrian, Neil Froenemann and other people represented the or presented the work they'd done. And it's quite clear now that there is a disciplined, uh, regular meeting with government chaired by the president where business essentially doesn't try to run the state but offers help, tech, particularly technical help in areas of significance. And what's come out of that of course, is the, uh, uh, just on the electricity front, is the fact that we'll very soon be able to freely generate and sell electricity back to the grid. Uh, what's come out of it is a very big operation by the Hawks and the police together with the mining uh, industry in terms of illegal mining, because illegal mining costs the country enormous tax revenues. I still think we need to go after and we need to go after the elements in government which protect smugglers we know that in very various industries there's massive smuggling going on but that information is being exchanged in an open and honest and respectful way but that doesn't mean we can't as citizens and as taxpayers and you know business pays a lot of tax mm. uh, demand uh, quality service from government and call out issues when they exist for example a recent statement by a senior minister, uh, you know, where, where she, she completely, uh, uh, you know, finger pointed to South African banks when actually a foreign bank was guilty of, of foreign exchange manipulation. That kind of thing is just not necessary. Mm-hmm. How concerned are you as, as business about, and, and particularly 91, about, you know, global events, like even how our government approaches in terms of our foreign policy, some of those events, whether you talk about uh, the war, the Russian war in Ukraine, or you talk about South Africa's position in the ICJ and the kind of problems that's causing for our relations uh, with the US and, and the European Union. Uh, there are lots of elections taking place this year in America. Donald Trump may very well return as president of the US. I'm just trying to gauge how important these geopolitical events are to the sustainability, success, or failures of the business? 
I mean, as 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 uh, woeful as delivery has been on the domestic front, I think our foreign policy has been for many many years. South Africa was the darling of the world when Nelson Mandela was president. Uh, South Africa had the goodwill. It still has the goodwill. It can, you know, I travel a lot and I go to many places and you are always welcomed as a South African. What we shouldn't be doing is uh, pursuing a foreign policy which isn't necessarily in our interests, you know, the interests of the people of South Africa. You know, countries, countries uh, uh, you know, really have to, have to pursue and governments are, are mandated to pursue the interests of their people and their economy. So I would say South Africa should uh, invest in high-quality foreign policy should make sure it manages all the stakeholders. I mean, the U.S. is a massive investor in Africa and in this country. Uh, we need to understand how to manage them. That doesn't mean you, you agree with Donald Trump or, in fact, Joe Biden and what he does. It doesn't mean you don't express your views, which I, I, I respect, but it means you set up the necessary trade and other linkages that benefit your people. I don't think we've been programmatic enough about it. Ideology gets you nowhere. Um, you know, I don't know what the we're going to do. You know, aligning with the Russians doesn't really bring anything to 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 a country in the current world in the current situation. So yes, I I think our foreign policy could align with the economic and social vision we have for South Africa as an open multi-party country where people have different views and we should respect them, but we're ultimately making sure that our people go to bed with full bellies at night, living safety, can educate themselves so they can compete in an ever more dynamic global economy. Mm-hmm. And, and just to help us and, and help the listeners as well understand that direct impact what is it? So when, when we have a country that takes a policy position that somehow, you know, brings us at odds with like the important stakeholder, like the United Nations, how does that impact a company like yours that, that manages assets? Clement, Clement, if we don't have trade access to the big markets in the world, if we, if we lose the, 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 the preferential trade access to the US, mm-hmm. if we don't have uh, intellectual, educational, and other linkages with the leading countries, and that includes the U.S. and China and the European Union, in a in a in a clever way, we get left in the cold. Companies struggle to sell. It's harder for them to do business. I mean, an example right now is the EU is going to charge border taxes if your economy is too carbon intensive. So if we don't move from a carbon-intensive economy to a less carbon-intensive economy, uh, then our fruit farmers, our factory owners, our other people won't be able to sell at competitive prices because they'll meet taxes. And therefore, you also need relationships with those countries to discuss your problems and make sure your producers have access to their markets. Otherwise, jobs at home go and jobs at home will be affected, which then affects social well-being. Really as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Do you think we've got the right leadership that is present and awake to these realities, to these challenges, who, are, who understand and appreciate the urgency with which they need to act? 
I think we have some excellent people in our public service, our civil service in different departments. I'm afraid that parts of our political leadership is just not open enough and 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 uh, engaged enough to understand the, the the challenge of building a competitive global economy in this world. And therefore, I think the opportunity lies for the president to ultimately create a cabinet of all talents and uh, a government of national unity that deals with this. And we should move beyond petty party political things. I don't want to point fingers to the ANC or the DA or the EFF or anyone. I just think it's time South Africa puts its first team on the pitch. Look what happened in the World Cup rugby when we put our best team on the pitch. Look what they achieved. Hendrik Dutoy, thank you so much for making time for us. Founder and CEO of South Africa's biggest asset manager, 91.